I want to talk a, a little bit this morning about being a true cross bearer, being a true cross bearer. Amen. Luke chapter nine, verse 27. Then you're reading this morning. If you have your Bibles and he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, when we begin to think of a true cross bearer, amen, some people like to think of bearing your cross as they were seeing <clears throat> movies or pictures of, of what's supposed to be Jesus carrying the cross on his back up Galgotha Hill. And so people start to think that that's what I've got to do to be able to carry my cross. But like so many other things in scriptures, you find out that's not what God is talking about. Amen. Jesus' ways are much higher than our ways and his thoughts is much higher than our thoughts. And so therefore, we have to get a clear understanding of what God is saying. A lot of times, if you don't study the scripture, if you don't read the word of God and get an understanding, you can be led to your own understanding and find yourself getting further and further and further away from the things of God. Amen. You have to have an understanding. So what does it mean to take a step or deny yourself? In other words, what Jesus is saying here is nothing can be in his place. Nothing should be first place in your life other than Jesus Christ. If anything in your life is in first place other than Jesus then you're going to struggle with your walk with God. Amen. You're going to have trouble. You're going to be upset a lot. You're going to be filled with anxiety. Amen. The first commandment is what? Thou shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Nothing should place Jesus. If you put Jesus in his rightful place, everything else is going to fall into place. But if you get him out of place and put something else in place, you're going to be disappointed. Amen. When I got saved, the first thing I did is I turned to my wife and says, don't ever love me more than God. Because I'm not going to love you more than God. That's what I told her. I'm not going to love you more than God. God is always going to have preeminence and first place in this life. And as long as he's in his rightful place, you ain't got anything to worry about. You're going to always be loved. You're going to always be taken care of. Because God is going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of you. Amen. So we have to deny ourselves. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled within his own ways, and a good man is satisfied from himself. Amen. It can't be about you. It's got to be about Jesus. So you've got to take a step away and look and say, where is Jesus? You know, where is he in all this mess I'm going through? Say, if he's in place, no matter what I'm going through, pastor, I'm going to be content. No matter what's coming down the pipeline, no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to be content as long as Jesus is in his rightful place. Amen. In Luke 14, 26 to 27, Jesus says again, If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brother, his sister Jay, and even his long life also, he can be not cannot be my disciples. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. Now that word hate doesn't mean like, you know, I hate you. That's not what he's talking about. See, he's saying you cannot love them more. They must be less 
They have to be less than he is. You've got to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Amen. Because if not, if you love them more than you love Jesus, you're not going to do what he's asking you to do. You're not going to take up your cross. You're not going to follow him. Amen. He's got to always remain in the right place. Amen. People get divorced because God is out of place. Amen. Hear me. Amen. Divorces come because God is out of place. Because if I loved you when I got married, I should still be loving you. Right? Just because I have God, (laughs) I should have got married based on God, based on the word. Amen. Praise God. Children Children are disrespectful to their parents. Because God is out of place. You find a child that loved God, they're not going to disrespect their parents. They're going to love their parents. They're going to do what their parents asked of them to do. Amen. Praise God. We've got to keep him in his right place. Jesus says, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, I grew up on a farm in North Carolina, and we farmed, because I know I look young, but we, we farmed with mules. And you could, that mule knew where to go. <laughs> that row was straight. But if I looked back and wasn't paying attention, that row would be everywhere. See, you got to hold the plow. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you take a hold of this, You can't let go. You got to pay attention where you're going. You've got to know your surroundings and where you're headed. Amen. Paul says, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things of above. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth, for you're dead. It's amazing to me how many people are supposed to be dead and still sinning. I ain't seen a dead person do anything yet. Hello? How can you still be sinning and dead? See, when you repent of your sins, you're dying. You're dying to this world and the ways of this world. When you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, you're being buried with Christ. And when you come up out of that water, you're risen to walk in newness of life. The old man is gone. I think scripture says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. You are a new creature. It's like God says, I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to give you a fresh start to be able to start afresh and anew. For all the mistakes you made before, I'm getting rid of them for you. Now you don't have an excuse. You can do right. Excuse me. And this is what God is trying to get us to see. Amen. You are supposed to be right and doing right. James says, James 4, 17, Therefore to him that know to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. It's amazing. God has put something in every one of us from a child to know what is due is right. Amen. So it's in my sandbox if I want to do right or do wrong. Amen. People do wrong because they don't consider the consequences. Every decision we make, everything that we do has consequences. Amen. It's going to be good consequences or it's going to be bad consequences. But if I'm dead, then all my actions, all my conduct, all my things I do should be good. Because I'm saying I know God. Amen. And so I should be that true cross bearer. I should be taking up my cross daily. So what's the first thing I need to do to be a true cross bearer? Number one, I got to have compassion. Compassion. Amen. Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, that it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because what? His compassions fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. God's compassion, God's sympathy, God's empathy towards us and towards others is happening all the time. Every morning, are you compassionate? 
Our world is going to hell in a handbasket, as we say down south. Our world is struggling. People in the world is going through things in their lives. And we have got to be compassionate. We have got to be willing to reach out, amen, and to help. Jude says on some, have compassion, make a difference. Others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. Reach out and grab somebody. As the guy stood here this morning, you show compassion. Amen. You gave him something. It brought him here. Amen. He knows now where he needs to come. Amen. We've got to have compassion on others. Amen. Praise God. Jesus is blessed of the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. One of the things about compassion, if you don't have compassion for yourself, you're not going to have compassion for others. If you don't think you're going to need mercy, if you don't think you're going to need grace, if you don't think you're going to need help sometimes, you're not going to shorten other people. But when you realize that you need compassion yourself, you'll start showing compassion to others. Amen. When Lazarus was dead. Amen. Jesus came to that tomb. Amen. And the Bible says when Mary came out, she came out, she was weeping. And Jesus wept. Amen. It touched his heart. When people are going through things. Amen. Those of us who are born again of the water in the spirit, something should pull you. Something should begin to tug at your heart that you realize I need to do something about the situation. I need to do something to help the grieving and the hurting and those that are going through things. And so Jesus showed compassion at the grave of Lazarus. When Jairus came to Jesus, he says, Master, my daughter is home sick unto death. Come, amen. And Jesus began to go to his house uh, to be able to help him. And we know the other story that intervenes. Uh, There was a woman uh, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, amen. And her condition had gotten worse and worse and worse. Uh, But somebody told her about Jesus, uh, for she said within herself, uh, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made completely whole. Amen. And when she reached through the crowd and touched Jesus, uh, Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples says, Lord, everybody is thrown in you. Jesus says, no, somebody touched me for I felt virtue go out of my body. Amen. And he turned around and he seen the woman. She came trembling and told him everything that happened. And Jesus said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith has made thee whole. He had compassion on her. Amen. We must be moved with compassion. Praise God. It's easy to just see people in Walmart or, or people on crutches or whatever and go, yeah, I'll just that's them. We must have compassion. What do you do when you're in the Walmart or the grocery store and there's a person on a, one of those scooter carts and they can't reach up to get the item? Do you stop and say, sir, ma'am, could I please help you get whatever you're trying to get down? That's showing compassion. See, when we see things like that, we should always consider ourselves. See, tomorrow's not promised. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, that could be you tomorrow. And would you like to have compassion? Amen. What did Jesus say? The same thing you would that men would do to you, do to them also what is known as the golden rule. See, you need to get in the habit of doing unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Amen. And that's showing compassion. Amen. We all need to have compassion. Notice what Paul says in Philippians Philippians chapter 2. Amen. Verse 1 through verse 5. Watch this. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ. If there be any comfort of love. If there be any bowels, fellowship of the spirit. 
If there be any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. Doing what? Having the same love. Notice, having the same. Amen. Do you have the same love as Jesus? Turn to somebody and ask, do you have the same love as Jesus? Hello? If I say I have the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen. Come on. Do I have the same love that he has? Amen. He's divine. We're the branch. So what comes out of him is supposed to be coming out of me. Amen. Jesus says you don't get grapes and and figs out of the same bush. They don't come that way. Amen. You got to realize you don't get sweet water and bitter water out of the same well. Amen. Salt and fresh water don't come from the same well. See, so whatever's in Christ... It's got to be in me. Amen. Amen. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus in me, so whatever is in me should be coming out of me just like what is in him. So Paul has said, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any kind of consoling, any kind of help that's going on, amen, to console one another, to comfort one another, Amen. If there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship, meeting with one another, talking about Lord, encouraging one another, edifying one another, building up one another. Praise God. If there be any bowels of mercies, any compassion, he says, you fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You've got to have the mind of Jesus. You can't think the old way. Now that you are born again, you've got to start thinking like Jesus. And the way you start thinking like Jesus is you've got to study the word of God to know the way that Jesus thought. Amen. The way that he act, the way he conduct himself. You've got to be moved with compassion for the lost. Amen. And people that are hurting. You've got to be moved. Amen. Praise God. Paul says to the church at Galatia in Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially to those that are in the church. Think about it. You are my brother. You are my sister. I'm supposed to do good to you. Amen. I'm not supposed to treat you evil. I'm not supposed to treat you bad. You're my brother. We're flesh and blood. Amen. I'm supposed to treat those out there good, but I'm supposed to do more to you. Praise God. I'm supposed to show you compassion. When I hear you're going through things, if I hear you're sick, I'm supposed to make a pot of soup. (laughs) I'm supposed to find out what your needs are so I can help you. So I can help restore you. Praise God. We've got to have compassion. Man, that's the first thing you got to do if you're going to carry your cross. God's going to put people in your pathway. Amen. Sometimes showing compassion is just listening to people. I mean, I, sometimes I walk in Walmart and people just come up to me and start pouring their heart out. You know, and I can stand there and go, what are you telling me that for? I don't want to know that. Yeah, but I don't. I stand right there and I listen to them, you know. And then they'll say things to me like, I don't know what in the world I'm telling you all this. I know what, you know. 
And usually they will say things like to me, will you pray for me? Now most people will ask you, even on your job sometimes, they will ask you to pray for them and they're not expecting you to pray right then and right there. They, most of us say, okay, I'll pray for you. Then you go off and you do it. No. As soon as they say, well, you prayed for me, you should start right there, right then, and say, let's pray. And you start praying with them right then. Amen. Because the Bible says if two agree on earth is touching anything in the name of the Lord, it will be done. It will not only increase their faith, it will increase your faith. So you've got to have compassion. Number two, you've got to resist evil. If you're going to carry your cross daily, (coughs) excuse me, you must resist all evil. The world is full of evil, isn't it? And you want to be like Ma Bell sometime and reach out and touch somebody, right? (coughs) But you have to learn to restrain. You have to learn to pull yourself back. Amen. You're, (laughs) You're not the same old person. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You've got to restrain yourself from doing evil. Amen. Praise God. Peter puts it this way in First Peter. I mean, yeah, First Peter chapter three, verse eight. He says, "Finally, be you of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing." knowing that you are there to call, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see many days, let him refrain his tongue from evil in his lips that they speak no guile. Let him skew or avoid evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Amen. So you don't want God to be against you. See, you're called to do good now. You are to avoid all evil. Amen. Evil should not be in your life. Praise God. You need to avoid it here. Amen. Job says in Job 28, 28, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to part from evil is understanding. Notice, notice, the fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. That means you got them both. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You depart from evil. You understand. You know, if you do evil, you don't know what the other person is going to do back. So you need to avoid evil. Praise God. The Psalms that says in Psalms 34, 11, watch this. Come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desire life and love many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ear is open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them out of the earth. See, so what Peter was saying was exactly what the Psalmsters had already wrote. To warn us to stay away from evil. Amen. We must learn how to do what is good. Amen. Avoid evil. Go away from it. Flee. Walk away. Amen. If somebody smacked you on the one cheek, Jesus says, turn to the other. Don't respond in kind. If people curse you out, don't you curse them out. Amen. You walk away. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You have to learn to resist this stuff. Amen. You must resist every temptation 
to do wrong. You must resist every temptation that tries to draw you out of the church back into the world. Amen. You must resist every temptation of lust, greed, perversion, pornography, hate, prejudice, racism, disobedience. You must resist it. Amen. It's evil to do wrong. Praise God. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are you that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all matters of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. Watch this. Ye are the salt of the earth. Ain't it amazing you go to the doctor and the doctor tell you salt's bad? Huh? Think about it. That's what they tell you now. Salt's bad. I told my doctor, she told me that one day. I looked at her, I said, no, don't think so, doc. She looked at me, it's bad. I said, Jesus says, I'm salt, so I I know I'm not bad. (laughs) I said, Jesus says, I'm the salt of the earth, so I can't be bad. Amen. Amen. Notice what he says, you are the salt of the earth. Guess what? Nothing changes salt. Nothing changes salt. Salt changes everything else. You go back and you study history. Salt used to be used as a, as a method of a payment. That's what they used to use. I grew up in the South and we kill hogs and all that stuff. We soak them with salt because it was a preservative. It preserved the meat. If you take salt and put it in this water, as clear as it is, you know what it's going to be? Salt water. Amen. It's going to be salt water. The scripture tells us that all water in the rivers comes around from the ocean. And the oceans are all salt water. But when it comes around, it becomes fresh water. But as soon as it gets back into that ocean, guess what? It becomes salt water all over again. Amen. You don't think the salt changes things? Cut your finger and stick it in a box of salt. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the feeling, the way it feels, isn't it? See, so you are the salt of the earth. Nothing changes salt. Amen. Notice here. If therefore the salt loses savor, It's good for nothing to be cast out so that men can walk all over it. If you use your ability to impact your environment and change the people in your environment, you're used for nothing. You're supposed to be changing your environment. You've got the goods. You've got the things. Amen. If you work with a crew that's bad and evil and mean, you just keep the course. You just keep praying. You just keep fasting. You just keep seeking God. You keep doing what the word of God doing. You're going to impact some people that's on that job. They're going to start seeing the difference in your life and it's going to impact their life. Amen. As well. It'll make a difference. Praise God. Jesus goes on and he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it give it light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine that men will see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Amen. You are the light. With Christ in you, people are supposed to see Jesus in your life. 
when you walk in the room, it's supposed to automatically light up. Amen. You are the light. You don't light a candle and, and put a bush over it. You let it sit on the candlestick so it gives light. You got to be what God is calling you to be, the light of the world. Jesus says, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Praise God. Amen. Are you taking up your cross? Are you taking up your cross daily? Are you following him today? Amen. You got to resist evil. Number three, to take your cross daily, is you got to be obedient. You've got to obey. Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of this country, says, you let your child's first lesson you ever teach them is that of obedience. Teach them to obey. Amen. <clears throat> we need to learn how to obey. Obey them to have the rule over you, for they watch for your soul that they must give an account. Amen. When Samuel came to Saul because Saul sacrificed and did what he was supposed to do. Amen. Samuel said to Saul, what have you done? Amen. He says, my enemies and the people were leaving me, so I sacrificed, amen, to the Lord. He says, has God so great a, a you know, so great a desire to sacrifice? He said, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of ramp for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as idolatry and iniquity. Amen. We must learn to obey God's word. Amen. When you study the scripture from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, you see a thread of obedience. Uh, amen. God called them from the beginning to be obeyed. Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Why? They did not obey what God told them to do. He had told them of every tree in the garden you can freely eat of, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from it. But what did they do? They disobeyed God's command. They disobeyed what God said. And out of his result, they was kicked out of the garden. God told Moses, he says, Moses, speak to the rock and the rock will give forth water. But what did Moses do? Because he was mad with the people because of their complaining and murmuring, Moses took the stick and he hit the rock. Amen. And God says, Moses, because you did not glorify me, you will not lead this people into the promised land because of disobedience. If we do not obey God's word, we're not going to heaven. I don't care what anybody tells you. You can come and shake my hand until I fall off my arm. If you don't obey the word of God, you're not making it. Jesus says, not everyone say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to heaven. He says, you've got to do what his word says. <clears throat> We've got to obey. And what I have found is, the more I obey God's word, the happier I am. Amen. The blessed I am. Amen. Paul says, I have not seen and ear have not heard. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. We must obey God's word. To obey is to obey the rules and things that are in place. Amen. We need to obey what God is saying for us. To be obedient is to believe there's consequences. <clears throat> you don't have to tell a child a second time not to touch the hot stove. He touched it one time. You know, if you told him, don't touch it, it's hot. And he goes and touch it, you don't usually have to tell him anymore. He knows now in his mind, that thing's hot. I'm not touching that anymore. So we have to believe there's consequences. The problem is, people don't believe there's consequences. Amen. Solomon said, just because the sin is not dealt with at the, at the start... He says he can go a hundred years. He's still going to have to have the consequence for that sin. There's consequences. 
That's what's wrong with the world today. People don't think there's consequences for disobedience. There's consequences. When I used to counsel in prison and furnishing pastor, I would have young men that said to me, Pastor, you know what? I know I'm here because I didn't do what my mom and dad told me. They told me not to hang with the bad They told me to go to church. But no, I want to do my own thing. And this is where it lives. There's consequences for disobedience, and we must believe, <coughs> excuse me, that there's consequences. We have to be ever watchful. Yes. We've got to stay on the alert. Yes. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus said. But I am come that they may have life, and that more abundantly. Yes. See, you've got to be watchful. Yes. Amen. It's easy. People is always trying to get you to do wrong. But you have to have obedience. Do you know what discipline is? It's just doing the right thing when nobody's watching you. That's all discipline is. It's just doing the right thing when nobody's watching you. We have to obey. Obedience is being dependable. I know what I count on me. It's being dependable. Obedience is having integrity. You remember the second thing the devil's trying to tempt Job? His integrity. His wife even said, you retain your integrity forever? Won't you curse God and die? It's the most foolish thing. Do we not receive good and evil at the hand of God? I'm not letting go of my integrity. Amen. When you're obedient, you will always retain your integrity. Obedience is extending a hand to help somebody else. You see they're doing something, you want to help them complete it. Amen. That's extending a hand to help somebody else. Amen. Obedience is never having to be proud to do what is right. To do the thing the right time. To do it right the first time. Nobody has to tell you to do it right. You don't need prodding like a cow with an electric prod to get moving. The Bible says, therefore, to him to know to do good, if you, if, reach out and get it done. You never have to be told. Amen. Obedience is caring about doing the thing, the right thing, right all the time. Because your name is on it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Just think about it. You want it done right. Yes. If, I took, if I was a mechanic and you brought me your car mm-hmm. because something was wrong, you expect me to fix it right. Yes. Correct? Yes. What if I don't do it right? You know what you're going to do? You're going to say, that old nasty mechanic, you know, he messed my car up. But if I'm obedient, I'm going to make sure that car is right and done right the way you are paying to get it done. That's what obedience is. See, obedience just flows right back to the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The same way. Amen. Praise God. So, obedience is... You want to earn the respect and the reputation of others. When you are loyal and walking in truth, amen, you're going to earn good reputation, not only with men, but you're going to earn a good reputation with God. Praise God. Amen. we got to comply with the word of God. The Lord said to Jeremiah 6.16, he says, Stand ye and ask, where is the good way. Where is the old path? And walk therein and you will find rest unto your soul. But what did they say? We ain't walking that way. Well, it ain't God's fault then. When you're going through things, it's not God's fault. He says, stand and ask. 
Where is the good way? Where is the old path? He says, and you walk in that and you're going to find rest to your soul. But they said, we ain't doing that. You tell people, you need to go to church. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not doing that. Well, it ain't God's fault. It's not his fault. You ain't going to obey what he's trying. He's trying to help you do right. He's trying to help you. He wants you to do good. What does Proverbs 20, I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 say? I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and not evil. And to give you an expected end. But if you say, no, I'm not going to do that, it's not God's fault. Throughout scripture, you see, Israel was going through all kinds of trouble. You know, and every time they come back to God, what does he say? That's right. Paul says in Ephesians 4, 6, he says, In the latter days they will be disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, unconscious, fears, despises those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away of the which creep in the house and lead captive silly women later with sin, ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We've got to be obedient to the word of God and the man that God puts over you. If your pastor tell you to do something, you need to obey. He's doing it for your good, not your detriment. Praise God. Amen. Number four is we need submission. We need to have submission. Thank you. We need to walk humbly before our God. Amen. Micah says in Micah 6, 8, what does the Lord require? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. Amen. We need to submit to every ordinance of God. We need to submit to one another in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We must come under the things of God. We must come under. Amen. Reduce ourselves. We must become a base. Amen. And so that others can be over us. Submission. Walking humbly. Peter says if you humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, he will exalt you in due time. Amen. Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. Who's over you? Is Jesus over you? If Jesus is not over you, guess who's over you? The devil. Amen. Praise God. We must submit to one another in the Lord. You know, I hear people a lot of times say, surrender, surrender. Just surrender. Well, guys, I hate to tell you. And this is nothing to go against your pastor's teeth. All right? I can't surrender. For 28 years in the military, I was taught, don't you ever surrender. Matter of fact, the Geneva Convention that I served under says, I will never surrender of my own free will. I will never surrender. Amen. That's just the way I've been brought up. Okay. Guess what? You tell me to submit, I will submit every time. I don't care if you're 18, 19, 20. If you're the leader, I will submit. If you are over me, amen. In the military, we officers, sometimes I get a second lieutenant, and he's 20 years old. 
and I'm like 40-something, right? But because of the way the Constitution is, he's over me. So I have to submit to his leadership and his authority, even though I'm old enough to be his dad. Okay? So I submit myself because I have sworn to submit. Amen? I didn't say I would surrender. I will will submit to him. Amen. My pastor, I'm going to submit to my pastor. Amen. I didn't say I was going to surrender. I'm going to submit. Amen. I'm going to do what he's asking me. He's going to be over me. And when we figure that out, the better it's going to be. You know, people don't get the Holy Ghost because they won't submit. They want to surrender. Well, if I surrender, guess what? I'm always looking for a way of escape. But if I surrender, I mean submit, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to stay there. Amen. And that's what we've got to get in our mindset of submission to those that are over us. Amen. For they watch for our soul that they may give an account to God. Amen. We want to submit ourselves to the things of God. Amen. Where's your cross? Is your cross still on the sideline? Are you carrying? You heard the story about the guy came in and wanted to complain to Jesus about his cross was too heavy, right? And he, Jesus took him and took him into a room and here's all these crosses everywhere. Jesus said, just set yours over there and go down and find one that you think would work for you. Guy went around, he looked and came back and he saw this cross, he picked it up. Jesus said, did you find one? He said, yes, got it right here. I can carry this one. Jesus says, that's the one you brought in here. (laughs) Amen. All you've got to do is just take it. Amen. Number five is to serve. Servant leaders, amen, is no more than serving others. Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. But I come to minister and give my life for a ransom. Amen. Are you a servant? Amen. Are you a servant? Praise God. When's the last time you cleaned the church without being told? When's the last time you came and make sure the outside is raked up and everything is good to go before church service? When's the last time you shoveled your neighbor's snow? When's the last time you cut your neighbor's grass? When's the last time you pulled your neighbor's garbage can back in from the side of the street? When's the last time you baked some cookies and took them over to your neighbor? Talk to them about the Lord. Hello? Are you a servant? Come on. Are you carrying your cross? Praise God. See, we've got to learn how to serve. We don't need others serving us. We need to serve others. When's the last time you washed somebody's feet? Come on. We must be servants of the Most High God. Stop looking for others to serve you. And you serve them. have a servant's heart. Yes. Go back to what I said. If Christ is in me, then I'm supposed to be operating just like him. Yes. If he did not come to be served, then I should not come to be served. Right. Amen. Yes. Reach out and help others. Yes. You will be surprised, brothers and sisters. If you serve others, what would happen? Amen. You can bring people to the Lord. You can open the doors to teach Bible studies and stuff by just showing a little courtesy and kindness. Amen. I got some new neighbors moved in from Chicago. Amen. And as soon as they came in, my wife baked cookies and took them across the streets. You know, and now, I mean, it's like we can't do anything wrong. They drive back and forth to Madison every week because that's where their job is, you know. 
One day she called me and said, hey, here's the code to the house. All because we found favor. Because we're servants. She was home the other day. Her and my wife was standing outside the yard talking. And I says, hey, let me get the garbage can and take it out. And she says, no, I'm here. I can do it. I said, no, I need to pretend you are not here. <laughs> Amen. That's the attitude we've got to have. Amen. Because when people are going through things and they're hurting, your neighbors are hurting and they're going through things, they're going to look to you. They're going to look to you. Amen. To pray for them, to direct them, to help them. Amen. Because you have showed that you have a servant's heart. Amen. The only Jesus they're going to see is you. Amen. So therefore, you need to allow them to see him in every area of your life. Jesus says in Matthew 25, 35 through 46, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all his holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divide his sheep from the goats. And he shall set them on the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto him on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked and clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you curse, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to the one of the least of these, You did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Amen. If we're planning on gaining eternal life, then we have got to take up our cross daily. Amen. And follow Jesus. We must be moved with compassion. We must resist all appearances of evil. We must obey them that have the rule over us. Submitting ourselves one to another in the Lord and serving the Lord with a pure heart fervently forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you.